0: Kia ora and welcome to another episode of Get a Job and Get Healthy with Costas Enterprises. And I am your host, Alex Costas, as always. Um, So today's going to be a bit of a therapy episode. As the title suggests, my life changed one year ago today. I am... I don't know if you could say celebrating, um, it's been one year since my mum passed away, and I've sort of briefly touched on it a couple of times over the last year, and I've just been doing my, so basically whenever a big sort of event like this happens, I Go down to the ocean and I throw a flower in the sea. And I talk to both my mum and my dad, who both have gone now. And so I've just had that talk. And I've thrown the flowers in the sea. I've had a little cry. And I just wanted to sort of like just talk about where I'm at mentally. And maybe talk about dealing with grief. This is going to be like a combination of a whole lot of different things. Um, And I don't really have a structure for it. So if you're expecting one, this is going to be one of those episodes. Um, Get through the socials first, and then we'll start. Uh, First and foremost, if you want to, you can uh, listen to this podcast also on the YouTube as well. The Get a Job and Get Healthy podcast. Uh, podcast is on Costas Enterprises. Um, There's a link in the description as well. You can also um, find me uh, on my Instagram and Twitter at The Kiwi Don. You can go to my website www.costasenterprises.business.blog. Uh, you can email me, doncostas at gmail.com. That's D-O-N for Nike, C-O-S-T-A-S at gmail.com. Um, alternatively, you can also uh, look at the candles, which we're looking at. We make, me and my partner make 100% pure coconut wax candles. Uh, you can find that on www.unyengarden.com. That's www.a-n-y-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r-d-e-r Y E N G A R D E N uh, dot com, and that all of those are in as a Nike as well. So, yeah, it's been exactly a year um, today when my mum passed away, and I've talked about it before. Like, I'm uh, okay, from my perspective it sounds a bit guilty and it sounds like I'm a bad son but I'm kind of glad that she's gone because of the simple fact that she's no longer in pain and that sounds stupid and weird but that's how it is like I feel sad that she's gone but also happy at the same time which I know it makes sense that, that's okay when she was in pain when she was in all the pain that she was and, and the fact that she held on for longer than she did but as her son it doesn't feel right saying that I'm glad that she's no longer here and honestly I just had a little breakdown before because I so there's basically two songs that I can play and they will set off the waterworks and I play them because they were mum and dad songs the first was a song for dad it's blue eyes crying in the rain which we played that at his funeral Um, I'd heard it thousands of times before dad's probably dad's favourite song Um, and it's it's weird to see like, like hearing it thousands of times and then not having any real reaction and then because we played at his funeral now every time I hear it it makes me well up and start to want to cry and then I played Johnny Cash Hurt which was Mum and I just lost it and it's not that I haven't cried since like with Dad I cried basically the day it happened um, and then like the day of the funeral and then six weeks later um, like and then for, for years nothing didn't cry and so I know that since going to counselling and and seeing the psychotherapist and that sort of stuff I started working on myself a lot more and, and you know I, I started to receive emotions a lot more but it wasn't until mum passed that I really started crying a lot more. And, and look, I'm not saying anything against crying. I think sometimes you need to have a cry. I wish I'd known that earlier. Um, I have previously talked about how the perception of a man to me before was, oh, you're not allowed to talk about your feelings, you're not allowed to cry, because that's what was put on to me. Um, and you know we are children of our environments and, and that was part of my environment that I was in but yeah I thought I'd sort of get into a little bit I, I don't know how long this episode is going to be I don't as I said I don't really have a structure for it it could be five minutes it could be 50 minutes so we'll, we'll just get through some stuff and this is kind of like my airing out time um, so if you listen great if you don't No problems as well. Um, I promise I will get back onto the positive stuff, but I kind of wanted to do this episode just to honour all the support that I've had over the last year um, from all the people. Uh, A big part of my identity... I was thinking about this the other other week. A big part of my identity was I was the mama's boy. I was the guy that looked after his mum for a very long time. Like, I was let's put it this way, I was 36 when I moved out of my mum's place, mum and dad's place and a lot of the time was because I was living with her, um, I was looking after her, I was trying to you know do all the things that I wanted to but because of the way that my dad passed away when I was 18 I became the man of the house, my mother was not very independent when it came to some things like cooking and all that sort of stuff so I had to take that on and look I never thought badly of her because of that, like, at all, it's, it's why I grew up the man I am, it's why I've got the empathy that I've got, it's why I've got, you know, the patience that I have, it's because of what I, what I dealt with, like, you know, you got to remember, this was not, a, like, a, this was not a one or two year thing, like, I dealt with my mum and her mental illness and the way that she was since I was five years old so I'm pretty you know capable of dealing with that sort of stuff but as I've talked about previously this year has been a challenging one this last year lost my job lost my mum and you know had to basically I lost a part of my identity And that was really weird, because I had to find another identity, which, look, I I was developing some of that, but until my mum went, I didn't actually know I had it. Like, I always thought of myself as, oh yeah, I just look after my mum, as just that, I look after my mum, I don't, I'm not a mummer's boy in that respect, like, I just didn't see anything of it. But then, now, I'm in that point where it's like, oh, yeah, I, I I, was the guy that worked at the government, worked for the same place, diligently, and looked after his mum, the jolly fat guy at Christmas parties and stuff. And don't get me wrong, I'm still the jolly fat guy, for the most part, but now I'm not working in the government and I'm not looking after my mum so it's been very weird to sort of have this identity that I've sort of had to go well I, I, that's who I was not who I am now, part of it is of course, I mean every part of me is still that part it's, it's what's made me who I am. But at the same time, it's not who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. That said, it still has helped shape me for this part of my life. It's given me the strength I've needed to know what I want to do with my life. And, and I'll be honest, for a long time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um... my main thing that I want now is I just want my partner to be happy. happy. I want to be happy with her, no matter what we do. We want to retire young. We want to retire rich. Yeah, that's part of it. But we want to help people. We're both big helpers um, when it comes to trying to help people. And now that's more of who I am. It's, It's very weird. It's very weird. But yeah, so this, this sort of part of me that was like, oh, this is who I am, but it's not me anymore because, you know, my mum had passed. So I've definitely changed over the last year. And I do think for the better. I do think for the better. Um, I am a bit more emotional, um, but at the same time, I'm also more forgiving of my emotions. Before I'd push my emotions aside, not really talk about it um, now I talk it out to this to the world to you guys um, but at the same time, like I would only keep that to myself. I would if I put it out on the podcast, I know you know at that time no one was really listening so I didn't really think much of it. But now I'm like, you know what I'm okay to talk about this to my friends, to my family, and when I say my family, I mean like my friends are my family. But also like my partner is now my family. And I thought about this the other day. I was like, you know, and I, I even said this to her. I said, baby, you're you're all I have now. Like thank you for sticking with me. Um, because I I I have no one else. You know, I've got my my Cousins who I don't really count as family because they wiped me like a dirty ass, and you know, so I've got like mum, well, she's gone, dad, gone, both my grandparents, gone, auntie, who as I said also wiped me like a dirty ass, gone, uncle, gone, so it's like I've got no one now. Um, no, no, I've got family in Australia, but being realistic, I haven't really spoken to them much, and it's one of those things where I'll see them when I go over there, but you know, it's, it's not like we're going to be talking about the, the nitty gritty stuff because we haven't really done that. Like, we haven't really established that type of relationship, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not saying anything on that either. That's perfectly fine. I, I'm not calling them, I'm, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's understandable. And so now it, it is just my partner and her family. Um, I haven't met her brother yet, but her mother is currently living with us and she adores me. I adore her. She's lovely. Um, she's now my second mum. Um, even though we both don't speak each other's language, there's a lot of mutual love there for each other. Um, so yeah, it's one of those ones where I'm like, what do I need to do to sort of adopt well not really adopt but basically change my identity change my feeling um so that i can be happy with who i am and a lot of that has dealt with my books that i've been reading and have read and lots of things um i will do a book episode probably next episode um and i'll be honest it's not going to be very long i've read about 20 books last year um, so yeah it's it's not going to be very big at all um i i will talk about some of the other stuff that i've done next like last last year instead as well um but yeah it's it, it's one of those things where i'm just trying to do what i can to be who i want to be but also develop who i need to be because one thing that i've sort of had to really wake up on is my life has more of a life now and what I mean by that is before that I sort of had a life where I'll be honest I was expecting to go um, a lot sooner like around this age and I didn't really have a plan because I thought, once mum's gone, what am I going to do with myself? And so I would eat to excess. I would spend frivolously. I would do all the bad things that I'm not supposed to do. And I did it. And so I'm in that point now where I'm like, I actually have a life I want to live. Like, one of the things that, one of the things that's been setting me off, and by setting me off, I mean like by, crying um, is knowing that now I've got sort of no mum or dad that's gonna meet their grandkids so when we do have kids me and my partner like yeah they're never gonna they're, they're never gonna get a chance to see them same as being at my wedding like at, at, when you think about it that's a really really It's something we take for granted. And if you've got parents... Like you... Yeah, you take them for granted. Until they're gone. Like I always tell people... Let... You know... Tell your parents that you love them. Tell your grandparents you love them. Because one day they're gone. And a lot of people sort of... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't really think about it. So... If you take nothing away from this episode... Please at least take that away. Just tell your friends, tell your family you love them because I'll be honest, you never know what's going to happen you never know what's going to happen and that's not me wishing any ill will on anybody that's just being real like sometimes our parents frustrate us, trust me I know I know a lot but at the same time when they're gone you miss them There's not a day that goes past that I don't think of my mum. And that's not just because I wear her, you know, a piece of her around my neck. And by that I mean I have her ashes and a necklace, um, which I got made, which is funny. So when I first did that, I got the, you know, I had the funeral uh, director and I was talking to her and I was like, oh, I want to take a little piece of mum to Australia, I want to take a little piece to Japan, I want to take a little piece to Hawaii. Um, just so that, you know, she's, she's, she can go to the places that she always wanted to go to. Um, and they were like, you know, you got to get it hermetically sealed. you got to do this. It's going to cost a lot. Yada, yada, yada. And I was like, oh. And when I first heard about this idea of making your loved one into jewelry, I was like, who would do that? That's a stupid thing. Honestly, now I'm so proud I did this. One, because my mother loved jewelry she loved jewelry big fan of TVSN um but with this she's with me all the time like and not, not to the point where I feel the weight of her upon my shoulders not that at all it's more that she's watching me And seeing the life, my life through my eyes. Seeing what we could have achieved. Seeing the man that I've grown through. And that's why, like when I say the thing about she not being able to see our kids, not being able to see things, I mean that physically, but I know that with me, she's with me. I know that she will experience that. It's more the subconscious in me going, I'm going to miss that so much. I'm going to miss that she's not here to do this, this, this. Like... That's that's what I mean by that. Like, one of the things... Me and my partner... Like, we talk about having a wedding and stuff. And part of the thing was... We were going to have a wedding here. Basically, for mum. So that she was going to be able to see it. And then... A wedding in Vietnam. Now... No real reason for us to have a proper, proper wedding... Here, apart from to get the official paperwork. Which is what we will do. We'll get the official paperwork done here. And then... We will plan the actual wedding wedding in Vietnam. And those that can come can, and those that can't, can't. Simple as that. No ill, no, no, anything. Like if you can't make it, you can't make it. I know what it's like to go overseas for a wedding. I know that some people find it very hard. No, no issues at all. Understand it completely. But part of the reason we're going to have the barbecue wedding here was for mum so that she would be there for it and I'm sad that she never got a chance to sort of see that but at the same time she'll see it through me that's why like I want to be the man that she wanted me to be and I think I've become that man and I'm, I'm well sorry I'm becoming that man I still think I've got a ways to go. But at the same time, I'm proud of the man that I'm becoming. I'm proud that I, you know, I actually deal with my emotions now. Like, I actually process shit properly. I don't let it sit and fester and wait like 10 years to talk about it and open up about it. Um, you know the other thing that, that the other well I wouldn't say traumatic but the other thing that happened to me that last year was yeah I lost my job so that was the other part of my identity I was like whoa in like three months I lost my two biggest parts of my identity who am I? what have I become? so it's it's very very hard especially today because like you know a week a a year ago not only did I have not only did I lose mum but about three days later I got COVID hence why I maintain that I think mum had COVID and that's what I think she passed away from despite what they say because her body shut down so quickly like I haven't really talked about this with anybody, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it now. And, and feel free to turn off. We are going to talk about the details about what I what I observed and you know all those sorts of things as well. So basically, the night before, so last night it would have been a year ago, I had gone to go see my mum at the rest home, and the rest home was didn't tell me early, but my mum had pretty much become not catatonic, but very very close. Um, she wasn't responding to anything she was just sitting there apparently sitting there all day looking half asleep slurring her words couldn't really make a sentence um, properly so I'd I'd, I'd I'd started to prepare myself just in case and so I talked to mum much as I could and I was like mum I love you so sort I of got a, oh. you Like, we're talking like she wasn't even comprehensible to a degree. And I'll be honest, I had no money. And so I sort of said to mum, Mum, do do you want me to put some money over for the funeral? Yeah. And I knew. When she said, yeah, something's going. And so I'd sort of prepared myself that night and even texted my boss at the time, and said, hey, I'm not coming in tomorrow, I think tomorrow is, I think she's going to go, and I'm not going to be in the right state, so, sure enough, I got up early, went, went there, spent the day with her, and the second day, well, today, should I say, she was just lying in bed, she was just lying in bed, she couldn't do anything, completely non-responsive to a degree, a um, little bit of gurgling, and I would talk to her and I was like, mum, mum, I love you, not even an I love you back, the only thing I sort of got was three little squeezes of a hand, as an I love you, when I'd say it, and I only got that like once and I think I told you guys before in in a previous episode when I told you that she got really sick in July, um, the year before, uh, basically, well, sorry, uh, in, in July of that year, in 2023, and she's pretty much in the same sort of state, except, you know, not as bad, they're like Look, we can take her to the hospital or and this is in the rest time sorry in December they were like we can take her to the hospital but realistically it's not good and I said I, I understand I understand but in the July one when she had the attack in the first place me and her had had a fight the night before and she didn't want anybody to tell me and then at two o'clock in the morning I get a call saying hey you need to come to the hospital it's not looking good and I was like what do you mean they're like your mum's been admitted no one's told me anything so I rushed down there and mum was pretty much catatonic and they had the they had the they had the meeting with me saying look we'll be honest we can give her this we can give her this but that's all we can do she can't go to the ICU she can't do this she can't do this basically telling me you know she's not going to last 24 hours and I'm preparing myself I'm like oh god oh god oh god and she lasted six months which I know doesn't sound like a lot of time but now looking back every day is a miracle and with her it was a miracle I wasn't expecting her to, to to come back you know she survived the time when I went to Australia for like a week a week and a bit by myself and she was fine she was a pillar of strength without being strong she was determined strong willed and yes she had her downfalls we all have our downfalls but I still love her and always will it's crazy because that night and I'm now talking about the night she passed I was with her and I said and I've said this before I've said this before but basically I talked about how I read a book uh, saying you know when it's someone's time to go it's okay to let them know that it's okay to go and I did I said to mum you know in, in the July experience I'd sort of said under my breath to myself it's okay to go mum it's okay to go don't be in pain but it wasn't until I said it to her in person on this day a year ago it's okay to go go be with dad Don't be in pain anymore. Be with dad. I love you. I'll be looked after. I've got Hong. She'll look after me. And. I told her that I want to go get. My partner and say hey look. I I want you to say goodbye to her. Because it's going to happen. And. I left I went and picked up my partner and my partner was like have you eaten and I was like I haven't eaten all day she goes I, you should eat something first and I was like uh, I didn't want to but I knew she was thinking about me and she was thinking right and so I was like okay cool cool but we got to be quick we got to be quick because I didn't want to be too late I wanted more time with mum and then as we're driving around, I get the call. And they're like, Alex. I was like, yes. It's us from Vincent, and I knew straight away what it was. They're like she's gone. That's the second time I've had that conversation. The first time was with my father. And the first time two police officers were at the front door they're like we need to have a conversation and I just knew I just knew that's what had happened and it was like it was like in those movies when you see someone fall to their knees I felt broken I broke down and Mup couldn't control herself I had to go identify the body as an 18 year old boy do you imagine how hard that is to go and see your father lying on the ground They'd made him smile but lying on the ground and having to identify that he is your father not exactly the easiest thing cut to 21 years later and I'm getting a phone call while I'm driving saying hey sorry she's gone and just being so hurt but relieved but sad one that she'd gone two that I couldn't say goodbye again and also not letting my partner be able to say goodbye During that day, I'd called some of Mum's closest friends. One of them said, we can't do anything, we've got COVID, sorry, pass on our love. Another one was her nurse, who at the time was like, I can't, I'm I'm completely booked up, sorry, please give her love. And the other person was the person who lived across the road, who pretty much was Mum's best friend for ages, and then they both had a falling out. And the person was like, nah, don't want to talk to her. Like, Fine, cool, thanks. And then, as I, I had a little cry just on the, on the side of the road. I just pulled over. I remember exactly where I was. That's the sad thing. I remember exactly where I was. And so I pulled over. I had a little cry with my partner and I was like I can't go get her food I need to go I need to go now I need to see her and sure enough I did I I drove back to the rest home and just as I saw her I saw the nurse and she was like oh I managed to get time off and and my husband said I should take the time and I did and I came as soon as I could I said she's just gone she's just gone and we both sat and we hugged each other. And we couldn't believe it. Like literally 30 minutes. And I was gone. Maybe. Not even an hour. But I kept thinking about that time while I was driving on the way home. To me just going. Talking to her. And talking to the sky. I literally talked to this guy and said... Jesus please make her be okay please watch over her please let her be if you take her please make her happy reunite her with dad and the only thing that keeps me going is knowing that he did and that she's up there with him And she's watching over me. It's crazy to think how much has changed in a year as well. I've changed so much. You know, I was talking to my partner and I was talking about how, you know, last night I was saying, it doesn't feel like our house, but it is our house. To me, it'll always be mum and dad's home but it is our house and I'm trying to make it our home we're trying to do everything we can to make it our home but like we, we sleep in her room because it's the biggest room and it's like there's a constant reminder of her all the time be it around my neck be it in the house whatever And it's not like she's watching me it's more like she's with me and that's a good thing but it's still it's still hard to go every day look at things like photos and stuff and not see them not see mum not see dad So what do I do? I have to I have to keep trudging on. I have to keep being me, growing, being the man that they want me to be, but also the man I want to be when I grow up. And I say when I grow up, even though I'm 41, I still need to grow up. And by that I mean emotionally, mentally, physically. Like don't get me wrong. I'm grown. But I can always grow more. I'm excited to see the man I'll be in 10 years. The man that I know mum and dad would have wanted me to be. You know, I want to be... I I want to do what me and my partner talk about. I want to retire young. I want to retire rich. A lot of the things I talk about are about growing. They are about waking my ass up and doing things with me, with myself. Because for years, I didn't. For years, the only person that I could blame was myself. Because I was the only one to blame. I talked about my last episode saying, I'm not doing resolutions, I'm doing goals. That's exactly what I plan to do and despite mum not being around she is one of my biggest motivators and then not that's not to say you know because I don't want to be like her not at all I saw what was limiting her because of her health I saw what was limiting her because of her fears which were a part of her mental illness I don't want that for myself or my children so I have to start I have to be positive I have to be strong I have to keep pushing forward and I will I know I will I know I will. And it's things like talking to you guys that help me stay accountable. So thank you. I love you guys. I love you mum. I miss you. But as always guys I love you and good luck.